teachers and administrators are so important. So build relationships, build connections, show kids what they can be, because I think it's so much easier to be what you can see or what you can hear or what you can read um, because they're like, oh, wow, that, well, I can do that too. Why not? Or that person did it. That person looks like me. Like, I can do that too. So that, that's why I think that, you know, you know a, a kid never was like, oh, I did really well on that standardized test. I can go to college or I can get that job. No, it's the connections. It's the building. It's the relationships. It's the exposure, just exposing kids to things. So many people become jobs and careers just because they were exposed to it. Welcome to the Mindset on Resilience podcast. We're building more, uh, a more confident, resilient, and mentally strong community. Uh, I am your host, Daniel Trulove, and I am excited about today's guest. Man, he's known all around the world, and I'm, I'm just excited that I get this opportunity to be able to uh, sit here and spend some time with him. Uh, he is an educator, a former principal. Uh, he's an author, podcaster, speaker. He, listen, he's a man of many talents, a man of many gifts, and he is a man that we get an opportunity to speak with today, none other than Mr. Adam. Welcome. How you doing, man? Daniel. Daniel, what's going on, man? I'm pumped, dude. It's, uh, it's great to be here with you, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm honored. I'm excited, excited about having you. Uh, um, a lot of people may be thinking, you got a guy, California guy, uh, <laughs> and then the Alabama guy. Where, where in the heck did we meet? And so we met at a conference. I, I uh, we were both speaking at in Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, I knew he was a speaker as soon as I walked in. Man, he was dressed fly, had his suit jacket on. Uh, man, looking really good. And I said, I know th this guy has has to be some sort of a speaker. Has to be doing something. And uh, and I had the honor of meeting you there, and it's uh, we've been connected ever since. Yeah, you know, you never know. Um who you're going to meet and, and what's going to happen. And, uh, I was my, actually my first time in Alabama and, uh, it was great, great conference. It was fun. Uh, kind of a, kind of a different, uh, setup for that conference, which is cool, right? Everybody does kind of what they need to do for their members and for their professional development. But, uh, yeah, man, you and I, I went right up to you after you spoke cause you kicked it off and just like lit the fire. And, uh, I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta meet this guy. And then, uh, we just started chatting a little bit in between. I had to get set up and all plugged in. And then when I was done, you and I went out into the hallway, we talked for like an hour. Uh, I was finally, I was finally like, man, I gotta go. Cause I had to go to the airport. Uh, and we could have talked for hours and hours, but, uh, we, you know, we swapped cards and, uh, and stayed in touch. And, uh, man, I've already learned a bunch from you, Daniel. And hopefully that, uh, hopefully that relationship is uh, mutually exclusive, man. It just, uh, just being a thought partner with you, it's uh, it's been great, man. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the pod. I'm excited to dig to dig in. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I I have to I have to give credit where it's due. Uh, I I haven't uh, mentioned this uh, before, but uh, after that uh, event, one of the things that you said to me was that you need to start a podcast. That was it. So uh, I have to make sure that I give honor where it's due because. That wasn't necessarily on my to-do list uh, immediately, but you know, after having a conversation with you, uh, you know, I started you know thinking about what that looks like for us, and I was like, you know what, you're, you're absolutely right, and so I have to have you on the podcast since you're the person that what you didn't want to gave me that you know this is this is this is something that you need to do. So here we are. 
Yeah, well, you know, you meet people, and uh, your you know your keynote really really got me thinking and really really moved me, um, and uh, and then in our subsequent conversations, you know, in my head, I'm like, man, you know, I want to record this conversation that we were having in the hallway, um, you know, and a podcast is different than like a keynote, obviously, but uh, in my head, I'm like, man, more people need to hear about what you're doing and what you're thinking and the change that that you're making in schools. Uh, with kids and teachers and, and the community and uh, that's just the great awesome thing about a, uh, the platform like this it's like man even if we never ever see each other again in person i hopefully we will uh you know again someday but we may never see each other again in person um but we can still be connected and still i'm learning and listening and uh it's uh it's great so uh everybody tell your friends about the podcast because uh Daniel, uh, Daniel's the real deal, and uh, everybody got to be thinking about their mindset, especially when it comes to resilience. Absolutely. So let's get right into it, man. You, you, you are, have done a lot of things within your career. Tell me a little bit about your journey to uh, becoming a podcaster, speaker. Um, how did you get to this space um, within your journey? Yeah, I would say that um, it's it all happened kind of by accident, but there. Um, n nothing was planned. L let me just put it that way. I was just, I was just doing things uh, as a teacher. I was just doing things. And then I, I moved to administration as an assistant principal. I started just doing things. I was doing presenting in my school district and, uh, they would ask me, Hey, can you come and do this after school class for, for teachers about what you're doing? And I was like, yeah, cool. Right. Of hundred percent. Let's do it. And then, then I became a principal and, uh, you know, I thought we were doing pretty creative, innovative, kind of kind of different things uh, at our school. And my superintendent would say, hey, I'm going to send this school from another district. They want to come and can you show them around? And I was like, yeah, OK. And, um, you know, at first my teachers were, weren't sure, but then they really felt good because they, they were able to talk about what they were doing and kind of put them on a pedestal. And they were feeling like, yeah, this was great. And then they also they also built connections with those teachers which was great because then you're then you're building your professional learning community your network just just like you and i um and then so all those things i was just doing uh because i wanted to help change the world just like you daniel i wanted to help change the world and make it better for kids and teachers and and and, and communities all across the country um and then uh, I, I started podcasting just because i started podcasting daniel because as a principal i was so tired of the boring newsletter that I would write every week that I didn't think any parents actually read. And I actually ran the analytics on that newsletter and like 13% opened the newsletter. So a huge portion of my parent community was not receiving information. So I was like, you know what, we gotta, we gotta do it a little bit different way. So I was like, hey, podcasting is, is a thing. It was kind of starting, this was like 10 years ago. Uh, so we brought it into the school and we, it was a great way to give information and we were able to amplify voices of teachers, of students, of staff members, of parent groups. It was, it was totally awesome. So I would just say like I was doing all those things and then uh, by accident, I, I, uh, I became an author, <laughs> uh, totally by accident. I'd been blogging for about 10 years, like two or three days a week, just putting my ideas out there. Um, and then the stars aligned and I, I wrote a book that really uh, opened up a lot of opportunities, which in turn opened up opportunities that I didn't know were there. Um, from a speaking standpoint, people started asking me to come speak and they started paying me a little bit of money. And I was like, oh, wow. Then they started paying me a little bit more money. And I was like, wow, this is cool. I'm still a teacher, but I just have different students and they're not in front of me. Like, Daniel, you have students all over the country. It's everybody that you get to work with. 
um, if you're doing the kind of work that we're doing, or you're in a classroom with 25 third graders, you're, you're still a teacher. You're just, you're, you're, you know, it's just the form of educating and, and, and connecting. Um, and then I just kind of took a leap uh, six years ago and left my full-time job in a school district and my benefits and my retirement. And uh, I've been doing this full-time ever since. So, um, you know, the moral in all of that, I think, is, is do things. Number one, do things. And you don't always need to know um, where you're going to end up with it, but, but just do things. Do things that feel good, that are in your brain. And the more you do it, the more you're actually going to find things to do. It's kind of like if you and your wife buy a new car, let's say, let's say you guys buy a, a new blue Toyota Camry. You and your wife start seeing blue Toyota Camrys. Everyone, you're like everywhere. You're like, babe, everybody's got our car. What the heck? They were always there. You just didn't see them because it wasn't on the frontal lobe of your brain or whatever the brain research is. Um, so I just kept doing things that felt good. I was trying to solve problems and help people and just be just be that kind of connector and that magnet, you know, first and foremost for, for the teachers and the staff that I worked with. And then it spread to, uh, because of social media, it spread to people all over the country. Um, and uh, I still like to do it. You know, it's just like, hey, I just want to help people. And, uh, and, and I love being a connector. I think our world is a better place when we understand each other better. And I think we understand each other better when we are connected and when we have relationships. I think you and I are a really great example. You know, we had this kind of like fortuitous connection. Um, you know, most conferences are not like the one that you and I did. Usually it's you're the speaker or I'm the speaker. That was like the perfect setup for you and I to actually meet each other. Um, or, you know, you're on Thursday and I'm on Friday and we don't see each other. We just kind of, we cross at the airport and we don't even realize that we're crossing at the airport. So um, everything happens for a reason. And I'm so glad that we were together there in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, and um, I think, uh, yeah, everybody listening, just, just think about that, you know, do what feels good, uh, do what's positive, try to connect people, uh, get to know people, build relationships and, uh, and things will happen. I, I want to go there for a second because one thing you said is like, just do, just go and do stuff. But a lot of people are afraid to do, you know? So what, like, tell me a little bit of that. Why, what gives you the, the freedom, the confidence, whatever it may be to like, I'm, I'm going to do this uh, because some people may stuck in the, a lot of people are stuck in the door. Let's just be honest. Yeah. I, I put something on, you know, I put, I put something on, on Facebook the other day um, where like, you know, uh, Sometimes good enough is is good enough. And I think um, most people wait to get the thing that they want to do to a place of perfection, which to me is just completely unattainable because I don't even know what perfection is. Um, it's going to get better. Just keep putting in the work. Keep being creative. Keep bringing people onto your team I, again kind of like you and me you know i'm like hey like what'd you think about my keynote you know you gave me feedback and you're like adam what'd you think and we were talking about some different things hey did you think about this you think about that um and so many people just are um most things never get done i think for two reasons daniel number one is they simply just don't get started you know it's like analysis paralysis people wait and they think and they talk and then oh my gosh a year has gone by and they haven't even gone anywhere or the second reason i think most things never get done is just because they're too complicated people think big and they try to act big so i always tell people think big act small have a really big idea but make your first 
make your first step kind of the size of a post-it note. Like just think of like an old school yellow post-it note. That is, that gets you to first base or that gets you to uh, the 10 yard line. And then once you're done with that, you're not done, get another post-it note. And then that gives you the 20 yard line or second base, you know, if we're going to use a sports analogy. Um, and I think people just overanalyze and they're like, wait, me, you know, they have imposter syndrome and I don't know. And I'm like, you know what? Adam is just a person. Daniel is just a person. We've just decided to open the door and step out and start walking down the street. And everybody listening, you, you can too. Uh, you, you, you 100% can. You know, I mean, uh, there's honestly nothing special about me. I just started doing things and then things started to happen. And uh, everybody out there, you can do the same. I think that one thing that you said is like there's imposter syndrome, but I think not too many people realize that um, there's space for everybody. You know, it, no matter what it is, nothing is oversaturated. Um, but I think one of the things that's super important is that if there's something in your heart, there's a desire there, there's, that desire is there for a reason. So who cares if a million people are doing it? Does it really matter if that's something that you want to do? But I think uh, that thing that you mentioned, which is big. So we think big. And if we can't see something being big, then we're like, oh, well, then that's not, you know, monumental or that's not. No, if you have an idea, you have a desire in your heart and you do it, that's big. Why? Because now you prove to yourself everything that I think, everything that I want, I'm willing to put in whatever it takes in order for it to do it. That's where the magic lies. But sometimes we think the magic lies in it being that and the magic lies in what you just said. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a quote from a uh, Usain Bolt. Um, uh, you know, I spent seven years training to run nine seconds and people, people see the nine seconds and they're like, Oh dang. Um, and obviously there's only one Usain Bolt, uh, but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, you got to put the work in and it, it's, it's going to get better uh, if you put the work in and, and you're consistent. Like my, my, my kids, I have a 12 and a 10 year old and they play soccer. We love soccer in our house. And uh, there's something that soccer players do called juggling, not like with your hands, but with your feet, right? Juggle, juggle, juggle. And, you know, you're always trying to get, get better touches and do your juggle. Um, and my, my kids, you know, years ago, they were like, oh, I don't like juggling. It's so hard. I can't do it. Like they're throwing a fit. And, and I'm like, no, you're going to juggle every day for 30 minutes and it's it's going to get better and then they would only try to juggle with their dominant foot my daughters are righty my son's a lefty i'm like no you got to juggle with both feet right left right left and at first it looks awkward because you you know you don't have the balance you don't have the touch and then you know what happens after a week of 30 minutes a day oh their touches start to get a little bit better and then after a couple months you know my daughter's like doing 250 juggles boom boom and all her friends on her team are like whoa you can do both feet oh my gosh and she's like uh-huh and she looks at me all side eye and i'm like yeah proud papa moment but the point is just you know put a little bit of work in um you know you don't need to train like usain bolt or like steph curry you know get to the gym at four in the morning you know like that's not always the goal but just a little bit better every day i think is i think is really really important absolutely but i think what you what you you mentioned something earlier what you're talking about when, when it comes to just doing you are the innovate innovation guy like when, when i was sitting through your presentation like a lot of the ideas that you you brought up were more so about innovation but you have to start something to recognize that there's something you can innovate with it so tell me a little bit about how you came up with all these innovative ideas or how Innovation became your thing. 
Yeah, so I think it started when I was a teacher. Um, and honestly, simply, Daniel, I taught third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade. And honestly, I was, I was bored with my teaching. And I'm not that old. I'm 44 years old. So I think I started when I was like 23, 24. Um, you know, this was before uh, iPhones. It was before Chromebooks. You know, when I left the classroom, we had a computer lab and we had just got iPods. For everybody out there that's under 25, an iPod looks like an old phone, but all it did was play music, right? And there was like apps on it and we thought we were super high tech. So it really, it really just started from a standpoint of like, gosh, if I'm bored teaching this way, how do my students feel? So I just really started to look outside of my classroom into the world and i was like what is happening in the world because i think if we look at that and then we turn back around and we kind of reverse engineer those strategies to engage we're also getting our kids ready for this new dynamic complex world that they're that they're living and growing up in you know and what daniel's talking about i, I talk about um I, I talk a lot about new collar jobs you know programming robotics um, 3D printing. And the coolest thing about those, those three examples is to teach those to somebody else, you actually don't even need to know how to do the thing. You need to know that it's a good thing to do and bring your students or your teachers, if you're doing professional development, bring them on the journey. You know, teachers are the expert in kids, curriculum and relationships kids will figure out the new thing and if they don't know how to do the new thing there is some guy in tennessee that has a youtube channel that will teach you how to do the thing um and everybody knows what i'm talking about like the resources are out there um i think it's a really fun great time to be in education there's different challenges obviously that we're all going through um you know post covid and everything um and different political things you know which we're not going to get into but there's a lot happening um but it's uh it's more exciting you see that engagement rather than just you're substituting something or here's a worksheet and uh, you know kids you, you're not getting them ready if they're not talking and collaborating and problem solving i want i want teachers that want to compete and that want to squeeze all the juice out of that lemon and not just be like, okay, this is okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. You know, and I'm using a very kind of, you know, monotone, melancholy voice. Um, and don't get me wrong. Again, I love teachers, right? Like I, I am a teacher. I work with teachers every week. Um, but you're going to get more out of your students. You're going to have less behavior issues because kids are engaged and they, and they find that purpose. They have more of a mission like, oh, I want to solve this problem and I want to do it with my friend Daniel that's in my class or a small group or, hey, I'm going to go on the computer to do this and build this and I'm going to present this to my class. So um, honestly, it just came from a, I was, I, was, I was disengaged in my own classroom as a teacher and I was like, man, if I am, how are the students feeling? And I don't know if enough teachers think about that what am i do my what i want to be in my own class how are my students feeling in my class i think it's a really important question um, for everyone to think about I, I think that's one of the most amazing questions because i was a student that uh, got bored very easily and um i one of the questions i ask when i do professional development on um, innovation engagement things like that is if they're not engaged then you're not engaging and uh, it's, a, it's a very strong statement, uh, but my, uh, when I was working at a university in Arizona, my VP, uh, I was in uh, the training department, and I, my VP told me that, literally that same statement, he says, if they're not engaged, we have to take ownership of that. 
you're the one that's not engaging if their if their heads are down, right? If their phones are out, if they much rather be doing something else than listening to you or engaging and interacting with people that are in the classroom, that's something that's on you. The fact that you said, hey, I would actually be bored in my class and I'm going to do something about that. I think that that's uh, an extreme amount of ownership, but it's allowed for you to go on this amazing journey that has now allowed for other people to what, uh, to step up the innovation and step up the engagement, uh, you know, within their classes. And I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, like it's, uh, it's fun. And I feel like teaching is not that collaborative. Most of the time, it's just a teacher in their classroom with their students. And I bring up the collaboration piece because how often are you really talking and learning and growing and pushing with your colleagues? You know, school districts have small amounts of time built in. You know, on Wednesday, school's out 30 minutes early and they have professional development time, whatever that might be. But the majority is it's just you in your classroom. So we have to get out of our silos and we have to connect um, because if we don't what do you how do you know what's out there and i would say especially for school leaders i was a, a elementary school principal for seven years principals have to get out of their building figuratively um, and also really in real life to just go see and observe and what's happening and make sure that you're reading and consuming content that's outside of the education space read business articles you know read books about military leadership uh, just so you can see what is happening and you're like oh that's a good idea. That's not going to work perfectly for what I'm doing, but I'm going to take 10% or 20% of that and integrate it into my classroom to make it more engaging, but also to just prepare kids for this new dynamic complex world that is changing. Daniel, there's jobs right now that weren't careers six months ago. Um, you know, artificial intelligence, I think, is like the biggest one where there's so much change. But even to, but take take that away. There's a job that wasn't a job six months ago. So it's it's completely impossible for teachers or educators to get kids ready for every job that is yet to be invented or created. But we can give them the collaborative skills, the communication, the problem solving, all those skills to be ready for whatever job it's kind of like you and me you know you work with educators so do i but if a real a real estate company called us up and they're like hey we want you to come and talk to our group you know it's going to look a, a little bit different but we have the foundation we have the interaction skills we know how to tell stories and bring an audience around our content would change a little bit right because the audience is different um but we already have those things in place i think it's the same type of type of concept getting them ready for whatever uh, whatever's out there. And I think, you know, building their confidence, I think is number one, when people feel good about themselves and they have that good self worth, I think that's a really, really important thing. You know, let people know that you care about them, choose your words wisely because kids remember how you talk to them. Uh, they remember how you talk to them for their entire life. And I think the third one is it just make sure is what you're doing have a purpose. What is the purpose of you doing that thing? And if you can't articulate that to yourself, to your to your team or to your leadership, then like, why are you doing it? What is the point? Mm -hmm. I love it. And so now, one thing I love about what you're saying is that for somebody that has so much charisma, for somebody that has so much passion uh, and so much, so many answers, you would think that, oh man, you got the answers to everything. I mean, hardships, challenges, you know, things like that. Well, you, you've never experienced any of those type of things. Uh, you know, you're an author and uh, right here, you see it, kids deserve it. Listen, if you do not have this book right here, kids deserve it. I'm telling you right now, I want to make sure I have it right here. 
you all need to get this book. Uh, he describes it as the easiest education book that you will ever read. I agree with that. Make sure you get that. But you are you've you've done many things. Tell me a little bit about your uh, your resilience journey. Did, did, have you ever had any obstacles in in life? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We were on the phone and, uh, you know, admittedly, um, uh, you know, like I think about that and uh, um, I, I had I had a great childhood. I had great, great, great parents. That I was great at great at school. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't love school, but I was great at school, you know, great at sports. Um, and I think the biggest obstacle for me was when I realized that um, thankfully, I realized that I was not going to play Major League Baseball because <laughs> I had to figure out, uh, oh, what am I going to do with uh, with the rest of my life? And that was a big, um, a big kind of hit because I didn't put energy and effort into my school. Um, I, I I didn't I just didn't really engage in high school, and um, that was tough. And I didn't I was kind of like a boat without a rudder, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I ended up going to junior college for a year, which was a really, really great, uh, really, really great, great experience. And I transferred in and went, went to college and just kind of majored in whatever was the easiest major. And that was speech communication because turned out I was good at talking. Hey, it turns out I, that's what I do for a living is I give speeches. Um, and then after college, I just kind of didn't know. I kind of had kind of a couple of false starts. Uh, I thought I wanted to be a police officer, maybe like a special agent with the FBI. And then uh, then I landed on teaching and, you know, I. I feel like I could have done a lot of things, to be honest, um, but like my dad was a teacher, so that's why I kind of chose that. And I, I, I know I didn't want to be in a classroom for like a 30-year career, so I got into administration and leadership. Um, so I think just kind of, you know, not totally knowing what I wanted to do with my life was that was that was hard. Um, you know, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up, to be honest, Daniel. I mean, uh, I have an amazing wife and family, so thankfully I have a I have an amazing core. Uh, you know, that, that, um, that, that's here to support me. But um, yeah, you know, everybody has a little bit different story. Some people are just, you know, grow up and it's tough. And um, I know you have, you have an amazing story. Cause I heard your story, uh, you know, when we were together in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, and I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's important just to, even for adults. Cause I think a lot of people are maybe just going through life and they're not sure uh what are they gonna do and it's it's hard to keep going sometimes and that was me in college and even post-college i was teaching and i was like is this what i want to do and am i wasting time and i would say the biggest lesson that i learned from all that is you have time you know if you're 25 you're young remember when we were 25 i thought i was old right like you know i did and now I'm 44 and I feel like I'm 19. Like, I feel like I'm just getting started. So I think with all of that being said, don't forget, you you have time. My, my favorite book I've read um, over the last 10 years is called Where the Crawdads Sing. It's by Delia Owens. And uh, uh, she was 70 years old when she wrote that book. It was her first novel. So everybody listening, if you think you're too old or too new or too young or too rural or too whatever, stop. Because she was 70 years old when she wrote that book, her first novel. The first year it came out, her publisher printed 28,000 copies, which is not a lot of books. The first year they sold 3 million. You know, to date, they've sold 15 million copies and they made a movie about the book. So the point of me telling you that is to tie back to my kind of lesson of just, you know, be patient. Um, even at 70, you can have a new idea and you can get after it. 
you know, get your focus on, make sure your mindset's in place, build your team around you uh, because you can't do it alone. And if you think you can go on the journey alone, I think you're wrong. It's going to be lonely. It's going to be hard. You need teammates on that team and just start building and doing and building and doing and stop and then adjust it and innovate it and break it and then do and build and do and build and then stop and then innovate and break it and talk and have conversations. And uh, you're going to get maybe not to where you thought you were going to go, but you're going to get to where you were meant to go. That's good. That's really good. Now, now, now I'm really interested in this. Like, what is your mindset? And I know you're a reader. You hear this all the time. Leaders are readers. And, uh, man, you love reading. And uh, one thing when I'm you know, on social media, I know there's two things you're going to be doing. You're either going to be running or you're going to be reading. Uh, you know, those are two things. That I, I know for a fact those are two things you're going to be doing. But um, where did this mindset come? Because it seems like even though you had uh, you know, some, some spaces in time where you didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to do after high school. But you decided to do something. Well, I thought it was going to be a police officer. Then, but you saw. You just kept, where did this mindset come from that allows for you to have this optimism about, um, about the doing? Yeah, I would just say like probably just my, my parents always, uh, always were there and, uh, they were always building, building my confidence and telling me, Adam, you know, you can do and you can be whatever, whatever you want to be. And, um, I think I just kept that throughout my entire life. And uh, I've had my back against the wall, you know, with a job or a relationship or, or finances. I think, you know, we've all had our back against the wall at some point. And uh, yeah, there's been tough times uh, for sure as a young, as a young adult. Um, but I just never, I never thought that I didn't, um, I didn't belong. And I was always like, hey, I can do that too. If they can do it, I can do it. And hey, everybody listening, if you want to be a speaker like Daniel and Adam, you can do it too you know, just, just start doing it. Right. Like we, we just, we just started earlier than you, um, if you haven't started yet. So, um, and that's why I think teachers and administrators are so important. So build relationships, build connections, show kids what they can be, because I think it's so much easier to be what you can see or what you can hear or what you can read. Um, because they're like, Oh, wow, that well. I can do that too. Why not? Oh, that person did it. That person looks like me. Like I can do that too. So that, that's why I think the you know you know a, a kid never was like, oh, I did really well on that standardized test. I can go to college or I can get that job. No, it's the connections, it's the building, it's the relationships, it's the exposure. Just exposing kids to things. So many people become jobs and careers just because they were exposed to it at a certain time. It's like, why do you become a pilot? Oh, well, I went to an Air Force base for an air show and I was like, I want to do that. And then boom, it opened up a whole, you know, they went to the Naval Academy, they flew for the Navy and now they're a pilot with United Airlines or whatever that might be. Um, and it's all just for exposure. Um, and I think um, with the world that we live in with social media and just media in general, it's so much easier now than, you know, 50 years ago to kind of uh, give kids exposure and show them about things because you can and not just with like VR, but you can with uh, a movie or a video or do a zoom with somebody and, um, and you know, people are willing to do that. So um, I think that's kind of like the long version of, uh, of your question, but um, started with my parents and then I just, uh, I just realized early on, early on, if somebody else can do it, so can I and everybody listening, if I can do it, so can you. Yeah. Do you have to, um, cause like 
in, in our upbringings and some people's upbringings may be a little bit different, you know? Uh, and so in our upbringings, you may have had your parents there, but now are there times to where it's, it's transferred from the parents' voice and now you're your own confidence at this point in time. Uh, like, do you ever have to remind yourself that like, I've got this like in moments to where, you know, that maybe you're facing something like young adulthood challenges, uh, current day challenges. Like, do you ever have to remind yourself that like, I really got this or is it, that's not necessary anymore. Yeah, maybe like maybe a few times. And I think it's been before, maybe like early on in my speaking career where I had some really big events. Um, like early on, I had this really big event, like 5,000 teachers in, uh, in, uh, in Texas. And that's, that's a lot of teachers. Uh, and it was like this round stage. So there was like people all around me and uh and the energy was in it was insane and i just you know but i just really try to like bottle it and put it back in but i was like okay take a deep breath focus on focus on your message you know what to do you've you've done this before the venue is just is just different and uh and i'm like hey uh if somebody else can do it you know so can i so um you know, like if, uh, if, if the, if a real estate company called me and they're like, Adam, come speak. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a little, I'd call you and be like, Hey Daniel, what, what, what do you think I should talk about? You know, I know my message, but how do I craft the story? So it hits home with a different group. Um, so now being smarter, I would lean on my peers. Um, like I, Hey Daniel, call me when you have a chance. I want to talk something through with you. Right. Um, and you'd be like this and that, think about this. And then I know you'd be like, Adam, you can do this. Cause if you called me, I talked through, but Hey, think about this, think about that. And you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like Daniel, you can do this. So now I think, you know, that we're adults, obviously, um, you know, we love our, we love our families. Um, but we go to other people, you know, to, to do that. Because if I asked my wife a question, she, she wouldn't know cause she works in an entirely different field. So again, that's why it's so important to have have your people, um, find people to be friends with and connect with because uh, we are better um, when we are together and supporting each other, um, not in competition. Uh, you and I are not in competition. I'm here for you, man, and I know you're here for me. Um, and that's, uh, that's the best thing. That's what I literally just shared that message with a group of kids. I was speaking at a school, uh, it had to be, it was yesterday, and uh, man, it was like they were all walking the individual race and they were wondering why they were experiencing challenges man i had hundreds of kids that were literally lined up to come and talk to me we literally had to take it out of the gym go into a room for them to because it was like just so many kids to to really be able to have some type of structure and not to have a hundred of the same conversations over again but literally they were all asking the same question oh that it's like well how do you all all have the same problem but there's no collaboration you know and so but we need people like we're we weren't supposed to walk individually throughout this entire journey. And that's the one thing that I, I love about what you shared. And so, uh, man, I, I think you are uh, just a, a wealth of wisdom. Um, I, everything that I, I, I you man, you give me so many different uh, pieces of wisdom advice um, that has benefited me greatly, benefited my marriage, our business uh, greatly. And uh, so the question I have is like for educators, for individuals in life, whoever may be listening to this. Um, what is some advice, what's some wisdom that you have? We have this segment that we end with and we call it better days ahead. So for somebody that's out there that may be, you know, experiencing some adversity, uh, looking to trying to overcome that, 
what's some advice? What's some mantra that you live by to encourage them that there are better days ahead? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I got two things. The first one is um, I'm not a huge as I've gotten older, I've, I've uh, started to enjoy country music more. Um, I used to kind of be uh, anything but country, ABC. Uh, but there's a song by Travis Tritt, and the song is called um, It's a Great Day to Be Alive. And, um, you know, sometimes my, uh, my, my kids will complain about something, and I'll just, I'll just, like, from my phone play It's a Great Day to Be Alive through our, like, Amazon Alexa. Um, and uh, I think that's that, that one. The other song that I, I like to play sometimes, um, you know, we didn't talk about ego, but I was thinking about that as, as we were talking. Um, you know, make sure everybody listening, keep your ego in check. Um, you know, because I think that is really important. There's a great song by Carly Simon, You're So Vain. Uh, you know, you're so vain. And sometimes my daughter's like looking in the mirror too much or, or like, you know, doing this. And I'm like, you know, don't be vain. Don't have any ego. And I would say like the last piece of advice, um, you know, you talked about my, my, my love of books and reading. Everybody listening, I just encourage you to read more books. And um, a lot of adults that I talk to just don't read books. And you know, um, thank you for the compliment, Daniel, about having just wisdom and ideas. And I'll tell you, it, it's not just from my brain. Um, I think a lot and I have a lot of creativity, I feel, in my brain. But so many ideas get better when I'm reading a book. And I take a lesson in a book and then I can tie it to something that I'm thinking about in my brain. So you're not just living in a, on an island solo. I'm like, hey, come over to my island so we can talk about it and make this idea better. And I do that through, through books. And um, I just encourage people to, to read books, read books in different genres, read books by authors uh, that are different. And I just think um, it's just I just finished um, uh, It Worked For Me by Colin Powell. Colin Powell was uh, General Colin Powell. A lot of people know his name just because it was like Desert Storm and stuff. Uh, just a really, really great book. I mean, such such good insight. Um, the other book I just finished, these are I've, I've read two books so far in 2024, uh, was by Colson Whitehead about the Underground Railroad. Um, and uh, just amazingly researched uh, what, uh, just one of my favorite books I've read in a, in a long time. And I have like six other books that are on, uh, on the hopper, uh, to read. And I, I just recommend people to, if you're an educator, read books in education space, read books in the business space, read books in military leadership, not like military war, but like leadership and thought and how to build teams. Um, so many of my ideas get better two ways when I talk about them with somebody else or I read a book and I make a connection and then that makes that idea even better. So in 2024, everybody read more books. Read more books. I love it. I want that I want to say is that you said it's a great day to be alive. And um, one of the things that I, that I found out in my studies is that, and I, and I don't know if everybody has made the connection between this. Uh, there are scientific connections between vanity and depression. So uh, I remember uh, sitting through a course and I was uh, doing some more you know, personal growth and development. And they said, think about it is when you think about yourself all the time, you're going to find something wrong. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. And um, but they said one of the greatest ways in order to actually cure that is to not be selfish. When the world is not centered around you, then guess what? 
you are not the only thing that's on your mind. You know that what it could be what it's a great day to be alive because what your perspective is not your sole perspective. And uh, man, I, I thank you for all the, the wisdom and advice and all the gems that you dropped today. Uh, everybody give it up for my main man, Mr. Adam. Welcome. Obviously, it was a pleasure speaking to you. And, uh, and I thank you so much for your time.